many times does somebody have to tell you no before you accept it? There's no growth in the comfort zone. Growing pains are inevitable, but suffering is optional if we're reflecting and learning from experience. The Heart and Hard Work mindset is for listeners to reflect and grow together alongside impactful leaders sharing their personal stories so we can witness how they built their road to success with heart and hard work. I'm the host, Rob Maloney. It's because of and not just in spite of every challenge that today I'm a trilingual world traveler with two master's degrees, an Ironman triathlete, entrepreneur, and keynote speaker. But more importantly, because I'm listening to learn something from everyone and building an unstoppable growth mindset. Whether you're walking, sipping your morning drink, in the car, or wherever you focus, come reflect and grow with us as we understand that no matter what path we're on, extraordinary is built with heart and hard work. Let's do this. Excited to let other people grow from my stories was the last thing you just said, Malia Lim, and I'm so happy to have you with us. And so I'm actually taking my shoes off right now because before we can get into someone else's shoes, we got to take our own off. And so I want to give you a chance to let our, myself and our listeners know, how do you want to be witnessed? Um, You know, I just feel like I... I've been through a lot in life and yet still been able to achieve and the road to going from like a trial to a triumph uh, is something that we can, it's a muscle that we can build. It's strategies that we can develop and it makes it easier and faster each time. And so uh, I like to be able to help people get through um, road roadblocks or see opportunities that are going to accelerate their goals. Um, because that is so much of how I got through um, my career and, and my journey. So, Absolutely. And you getting a chance to share that story. And I mean, we've talked and noted before throughout your career, how you've overcome self-sabotage, chronic illness, ADHD, racism, near-death experiences, and, and more. And it's really despite life's challenges and maybe even a hint of because of them and those plateaus and those regressions that you do continue to succeed and you share your story and reach all of your goals and, and beyond. And now you're here to share your story and empower professional women and people everywhere to do the same. Uh, it's a beautiful thing and I'm honored to be a part of it. And we're going to talk about when a door closes, open a window, that there's no failure, only lessons if you choose to learn and that a closed mouth doesn't get fed. And so we, you've got some stories prepared to tell us all about those to really connect with the person behind the biography, but it's one of my favorite things. So I'm going to throw some rapid fire questions to relate with you as a person, if that's all right. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right. What color are you feeling right now? Uh, orange. Why? Uh, it's just like bright and fun. All right. I'll bounce with that. What's your yeah. life mantra? Um... To be the change you wish you could see in the world, the Gandhi quote, and um, to be undeniable. Mm, spicy. <laughs> what is your favorite quote? Um, great see passion in things insignificant. Nice. I love that you, that all of this flair, and I'm certain that we're going to get to learn more about it. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. Mm, okay. That's actually part of my self-sabotage, but <laughs> we we can relate. If you were stuck on an island, what book would you bring? The Bible. Mm. Would you rather be on a mountain, beach, or forest? Beach. Mm. If you had to sing one song at karaoke to save your life, what would it be? Spice Girls. Okay. Which one? It doesn't matter. Okay. Just put it on the radio. All of them. <laughs> what is your pet peeve? 
um stepping in water on the floor when you have socks on and oh then your socks are I, wet I, it's I, just like oh so gross. a nightmare <laughs> i'm in my socks right now i took my shoes off and now i'm now i'm gonna have a nightmare that there's a wet spot somewhere yeah chunky or smooth peanut butter smooth regular sweet potatoes sweet dog or cat person dog okay two out of three pretty good and last <laughs> question i want to ask what's a song that empowers you um unstoppable by corinne hawthorne wow okay we can listen to that listeners can go listen to that on spotify or apple or whatever after this listening to this don't leave right now because we're going to get to the best part we're going to learn from you right now and transitioning you've had those three really awesome takeaways when a door closes open a window there's no failure only lessons and that a closed mouth doesn't get fed and so getting to walk with you and share your challenges and the stories that have led you to these takeaways can you tell us a little bit more about the first one when a door closes open a window yeah so i i find that in women in stem we're not often handed opportunities we have to go find them and even when we find them in a traditional route which is what i would call the door um sometimes that's denied to you. And so you have to get good at going to find a window so you can still get in and, and do what you came to do. Um, so I, early in my career, I became a specialist very, very early. Like basically within my first year, I started doing the work but and was officially named a specialist in my third year. And I developed such strong relationships with my operators that they would start bringing opportunities to me and then they would also question like, hey, Malia, how come you weren't on this other project? They requested you. And I was like, what? They requested me. I didn't know that. Unbeknownst to me, through the paths of leadership or wherever, there were powers that be that did not want to see me be a specialist. And they were actively trying to stop those opportunities. And so I found out about it and I had to, I had to then decide, hey, this is something that I want for my career. I deserve those opportunities, to, those experiences to get better and to, to build my reputation here as an engineer, um, especially being so young. I have to, you know, I was hungry. I wanted to prove myself. Um, and so once I learned that, that tr the traditional doors were being closed, I really buckled down and built relationships. I really buckled down on being efficient with my time so that I could make time to go beyond my job expectations, like beyond my regular um, duties and go proactively go after uh, projects. And that I think really catapulted me to, um, to be able to, to move into the corporate space and the global space uh, because I was just so hungry for it. But when the door closes, like there's always a way if you tell people what you're doing, what you're trying to do, how to support you, what to look out for and check in with them regularly and show up when they call, uh, the opportunities will always be there. The windows were, are always there. So many awesome things to take away from there. What I'm thinking about a lot is there. there's an ongoing, there's an undeniable times when there's the doors closed actively. But I think one other thing that's really important that you pointed out is that you were proactively seeking, you were bringing up conversations, you were seeking resources, mentorship and sponsorship, especially uh, my mentor, one, one of my female mentors who's got m much more experience than I do. And she continued to point out for me and for female colleagues, she wrote a book. Her name is Terry Turney Clark. It's called Live, Learn, Lead. 
And one of the biggest points that she notes is the importance of that proactiveness that you're talking about to go out and have conversations, tell people about your objectives so that they can actually support and guide and find resources and bring them to you as well. To what extent do you feel like that's played a role in your ability to open windows and find windows? It's the main thing. I mean, honestly, um, they told me I couldn't be a specialist until I had 10 years of experience. They told Mm -hmm. me I couldn't be on capital projects until I had five, 10 years of experience. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to wait. Like, I don't have kids right now. I'm young. I just started. Like, I want all of the the best experience. And so, um, uh, and even if I waited, I'd be waiting in line for Mm -hmm. all of everybody else like how do I stand out against against everybody else and so the path uncharted is usually more difficult but you're the only one there and so that makes you unique and it gives you the pickings because nobody else is going that way and so I think if if women really do want to achieve things they need to go after them and they need to create them um, and be proactive about it as well like yeah it's just it's super critical I, I think that's that's awesome. And I wanted to bring that in as well because to really to really draw attention and highlight the passion and the conviction that you brought towards saying, I know what I'm worth, and then to go out and say, I'm gonna go do this. And like you pointed out, when someone calls, show up and then answer the call and be ready to be part of the solution. Uh, I think that that's super important to to draw attention to is not passively waiting for your fair chance or for something else, but to really for women, for, for anyone, just to think, go out and proactively be a part of the solution, ask questions, be curious. Uh, it sounds like that's what I'm drawing from, from what was really important to your story. And I'm really glad to share that. And that, and that goes into the next point is the, the squeaky wheel gets, gets the meal or oil. Gets or the oil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> squeaky the wheel gets the meal is. works too. It's cool. <laughs> uh, but that's something I've actually learned from my mom. Um, growing up so my mom she she started a law firm in the like when the 2007 crash happened she started a law firm and and she's she's extremely successful and so i get a lot of like leadership and and professional development from her growing up and she used to tell me about how she as a as a boss as a leader had to hire people and she had to hire people because she was busy and she needed help, but she didn't have time to, re- to recruit and all of that. And so she literally would hire the person that would come and follow up the most. Uh, and it was just like the right. person that just said, hey, I, I'm so into doing something for you. I'm just here all the time. Yes, you, you're here. Pick up a pen. Let's do this. Right. And, and that left an impression on me as a, as a child. Cause I was like, oh, that makes sense. And so I would always ask for things. <laughs> she probably told me too young, uh, but but it it works. I mean, what the worst you can get is a no and then you're in the same spot. Oh, and then even a no, you're just like, well, why not? How? Tell me more about this no. Like if there's a will, there's a way and I'm gonna continue to ask for it until I find uh, that window or find that path to get to it. I just don't think that, hard no's really exist too often, but we have to be vocal about it. Right. And you, you, you tie that in saying the squeaky wheel gets the oil or the closed mouth doesn't get fed, right? So keep showing up, keep looking for opportunities, keep being curious. Just don't put the squeaky wheel in your mouth, right? I, something, <laughs> don't mix up the sayings, but clo- closed mouth doesn't get fed. And that's been a really important staple in your 
reflections for what you what keeps you driven. Can you talk a little bit more about what that's meant to you in that the closed mouth doesn't get fed? So much, so much. And I think baby's up. We'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our baby sponsors. We don't actually have baby sponsors, but this moment is brought to you by Real Life. <laughs> Here we are. And we're Hi, back. This is Mia. Hi, Mia. <laughs> Welcome to the Heart and Hard Work podcast. Yes, she is a she is the most determined baby. Oh my gosh. She she's she's a hard worker. Um, that's an, but, that's an ob- but, objective opinion that's not subjective because you're her mom. That seems to be factual. Um, I think I was about to tell you about speaking up for yourself, right? right. And and kind of how that's impacted me over the years. It's made a world of a difference. I mean, it was something that I could clearly see in college, I think, for the first time, um, because it's so, so many men, it was, it wasn't that many women. And I spoke up every single class, I would go to office hours, I was, I didn't enter a room without speaking, because I'm paying for that class. And if I have questions, I'm going to ask, and I'm going to engage. And it came to the point where, where the professors knew me before, um, before I even got into the class, they would start to lecture to me based on if I understood. Um, and, and that's when I really saw that when you, when you speak up and you make yourself known and you relate to other people, um, it makes a difference in how they engage with you. And it makes it a difference in how efficient you can be in achieving the goals that you want to achieve when you include other people in that. And it starts with speaking up often. Mm, definitely and that's not always easy to do and sometimes you can you can bite your tongue sometimes you can piss off the wrong people have you had an experience where you've done that (laughs) yeah (laughs) I can imagine can you tell us a little bit more about that um I mean there's always times um when okay so like when you're fighting fires at work and right. people are like burnt out, you're tired, maybe like we're working project executions and that's like really all hands on deck. You're out in the field all the time. And so like people get get a little short fuse. Um, I wouldn't say that there's like any particular time that s- sticks out in my mind where I like blatantly rub somebody the wrong way. I'm usually pretty, um, pretty easy to get along with, but I've definitely seen it. <laughs> Yeah, it happened in front of me. For um, sure, it's and, fair. And not to and, force it out of you either. I, I, I don't. I just was saying. It's. I feel like it's worth noting that there's a delicate bounce balance in there between just coming in, voicing your opinion, and pissing everyone off. And what I imagine, you know, you have to have a a very high level of emotional intelligence to know when and where to voice your opinion. And that's really what I wanted to open oh, the door, yes. open the window okay. for you to talk about. Yes. So especially as a woman in male dominant spaces, like you have to be very aware of how you come across. And so, yes, I may speak, but maybe I only ask questions. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm only just inquiring or maybe I'm just offering uh, support, you know, being a, a helper. The Let me take minutes. Let, you know, like sometimes I play into the biases that they are expecting 
just to kind of ease the transition to them being open to working with me and, and used to working with me. Um, and then as they get to know me personally, then it's like, okay, come on, you know, like we can, we can, um, not dance around it as much, but that's part of what I teach women actually is how to position yourself at a different stages of engaging with, with professionals, uh, knowing that the biases are out there, knowing that, you know, uh, as an engineer working with operators and maintenance, they're laborers, they're construction workers, they, they speak a whole different language when you're not in the room. And so how do you lead those people? Um, and, and it's, it's definitely a dance that I've had to learn, uh, through, through error, not in pissing people off, but just like, it's just not working. They're just like, okay, little girl, please. <laughs> Most definitely. We'll, we'll try again another time. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's definitely a dance with that for sure. Right. Um, and, and that's part like, of the burden we bear, but, but once we get used to like good at it, um, it may, it, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah, there's a, a a very high degree of emotional intelligence, and I think that comes from dealing with making the mistakes. And your your last point you were going to talk about is that there is no failure, only lessons if you choose to learn. And I'm I'm certain that those lessons. You know, a quote I wrote down today was, uh, "Experience is the comb life gives you when you run out of, when when you've lost your hair." So experience is the comb life gives you when you've lost your hair. So a lot of these lessons don't come until you've experienced them and made the mistakes yourself. So to have you here to talk and share your experiences is uh, our opportunity to learn from you so that we can then be empowered to go forth and, and use your learnings and your wisdom. So can you tell us a little bit more how not, like not, not allowing failure, but instead lessons that you choose to learn be the driving force for you? Yeah, so um, this is a lesson that I that I really like cemented, and I was like, "This is it. This is this is a golden one." Uh, when I was studying for my professional engineer's license exam, uh, it's like the bar for engineers for anybody who doesn't know. So it's pretty <laughs> intense, um, and they they tell you like study for six months and take a. a a practice test and such. And so I'm studying for months and I'm ready to take my practice test and do great. Of course, I failed terribly, so bad, so bad. I cried. It was just like, I've worked my whole life to be this engineer. You know, these people at work are telling me who's this girl that's qualified. I got to get my license. And then I'm like failing this test miserably. Are they right? What, what am I doing? And I just kept taking the test. And I would use each test to diagnose where I was not hitting the mark. So I'd mm -hmm. be like, oh, I need to practice. Uh, I need to review um, HVAC systems or I need to review um, statics or I need to review whatever the subject is or I need to get faster. I need mm -hmm. to um, I, I don't I keep falling for these simple tricks or whatever. Focusing too much on your shortcomings. Yes, like I, I would identify where it is that I was falling short and then I would fix it the next time and I would mm -hmm. fix it the next time. And so it became, let me hurry up and identify where my shortcomings are so I can address them as soon as possible so that there's no, nothing, nothing standing in the way of what me and my goal, like we're looking eye to eye now. Mm -hmm. And so, so that was really tough because it really like shook me emotionally about like who I am and where I'm going. 
but once I took a step back and I realized like this is an opportunity for me to really like level up and take ownership of this. And I've since used that mentality for basically anything. When I feel scared about um, proposing to companies or, or um, you know, speaking in front of hundreds of people, like I just remember, like it's only gonna make me better when I give it my best and count the wins. But then I I refine and I perfect every every single time. And I think that um, when you look at the value that experience gives you then it gets exciting and then you want to to push your limits and see uh what else you can improve on and so right. it takes a while to get to that mindset but oh when yeah and you <laughs> you're like unstoppable so just like your song that's the song that empowers yes. you unstoppable so that's- it takes it takes a long time to get to that and that's why it's it's worth bringing out like to the point where you look forward to mistakes. It's like, you, I'm looking forward to like, I'm just going to shoot the shot as quick as I can, as early as I can, so that I can find out if it's right or wrong. If it's, if it's right, then I'm going to keep going in that direction. If it's wrong, you're going to correct me right away. I actually walked into my first day at my internship. Uh, and the first thing I said was like to, to some leaders and some a different group of people was like, I'm here to make mistakes fast and I'm going to learn. And, and at the end of it, someone was like, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, you don't, you don't, don't, don't worry about the mistakes. Don't worry about failure. And I was like, Oh, I think you misunderstood me. Like I'm pumped. Like, like I'm going to make so many mistakes, but I'm going to do it so much faster. I'm going to learn twice as fast as anyone. I was trying to like get myself pumped up. It didn't land well, but, uh, I think, no, you know, the mindset and, and you we can share here, we, we share that sentiment. I think it, it is hit or miss because I've talked to people about failing forward and failing fast. Um, and they're just like, why are you so focused on failure? And I'm just like, mm. well, you should be celebrating your wins. Like, I'm just assuming that you're celebrating your wins and like mm. pumping yourself up. But like, let's not miss out on this golden opportunity. Like, yeah. uh, but but to each his own. Uh, so I I don't feel, we get it. We get it. We, we, we have something to learn from each other as we do from everyone. And, and we get a chance to learn from, from looking back on those, right? We call them failures because it's easy, but it truly, they're not failures by definition, because failure is what happens when you decide that you failed. And as per us continuing to take the next step, we haven't failed. It's just been a learning step along the way, but it's noted that we look back and we learn. And so that's why in this last section, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about getting to ask you a story that we can look back on together about a time when you had to influence a decision or persuade leadership to drive results. And so in this format, you can kind of take it however you like. We can run with the star story format if you like, but overall, it's, it's, it's really awesome to get a chance to learn from your experience. So Malia, can you tell us about a time when you had to influence a decision or persuade leadership to drive results? Yeah. So, um, young. Early in my career, I think I was about eight months in, seven or eight months, I got a, a, t- a temporary leak repair. So basically, um, your your tires are balding and we're just going to like slap a little bit of extra tread on the outside to kind of get you through a little bit longer, right? And so that's kind of what I was doing within the refinery. I was doing temporary leak repairs and they just kept popping up. And because I was doing them and doing them quickly and learning and doing them faster, they kept giving the jobs to me. And while I'm doing them, the fire in Richmond happens. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the Chevron fire. I think it was like 2013 or 14, something like that. Um, 
that fire happened. The root cause of it was why I kept getting jobs popping up. Um, basically, our plants were kind of deteriorating faster than we were expecting them to. And so we kept having to put tread on, on the bald tires. And after this fire happened, everybody is now very, very nervous. But I was the engineer that was very involved. So I understood what was happening, where it was happening, how quickly it was happening, what it was costing us to kind of hold it together with bubble gum and tape and, you know, what it would cost us if we, if we shut down the unit. So I was already so far in the trenches but because this affected the company millions of dollars a day, potentially up to, you know, a billion dollars of, of damages and losses. Um, so there was a lot of high level eyes on this up to the C-suite uh, executives. And so they came to our facility and they were asking, you know, questions. I didn't quite understand all the questions because I was just so new. I didn't understand business, but they were asking and I was answering. I was like, I'm not really sure. You know, I think it's this. And, uh, you know, well, well, we've seen this and, and I'm just asking the best that I can. And, uh, you know, a, a few days later, uh, my, my mentor comes back and he says, you know, based on, on everything that you've been able to provide to the team, you know, they, they were able to make a strategic decision and, and it ended up being best for the organization. Um, so we shut down the units, which is a million dollars a day loss of profits. And so to be able to make that decision based off of the, the information I was giving them felt really good. I felt, felt really valued. Um, and, and it just being so young, it, it just showed me like my influence couldn't go as far as C-suite global. Um, I can help pre prevent billions of dollars of losses. I can, you know, my, my contributions, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, you really had to impact and, and that really shaped, um, my ambition for, possibilities. I was like, nah, I've already seen the C-suite. Like, let's go. Come on. Like, um, and, and I, I think that was a, a really great experience. Uh, but I didn't quite understand what was happening. All I just knew is I wanted to show up and be the best that I could be and be undeniable in the room. And, and that carried me far. So even if we're reaching for things that maybe we feel like we're not fully qualified for, if you show up and you do your absolute best, you're probably still going to hit the mark. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that we forget that, you know, 80-20 rule, like you can probably still still get there with, with most of it. You don't need um, all of your those qualifications or all of those things that we often sell ourselves short for. Right. And I think there's a great takeaway in, in, in two things. Number one, the thing that listeners can't see is your ability to stay cool under pressure and continue to deliver that story while your daughter is being in full exploratory mode in the background, playing with all of the artifacts in the cabinet. Uh, and, and the other is about overcoming the imposter syndrome and overcoming the fact that we are such a harsh critic of ourselves that the, the criticism for ourselves often well overshoots the expectations of anyone else's. So for you to keep yourself so diminished because you're new or to not allow yourself to see the value that you bring would have been a billion dollar mistake, saving, saving the company millions of dollars every day. Um, that That's huge. And it's because you spoke up and everything that you talked about earlier in the episode 
you know, driving opportunities, sharing intention, talking, collaborating, not waiting and, and not seeing yourself so low uh, down the totem pole that you can't drive your impact. So it's, it's, it's really beautiful. And I'm glad that you shared that story. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think, um, I think the, the corporate world, especially engineering uh, with these large organizations, there's the, the ripple effect of impact is so large because the company is so large. And I don't think people realize um, how much impact we can have as individual contributors. Um, and so I hope that's something that that empowers you listening, uh, you know, because some of some of us are like, I'm ready for for um, higher roles. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to start my business. I'm ready for the next level. Um, but just know that even where you are, like you can still uh, do amazing things. You just have to find those opportunities and align them. But uh, I'm so excited and, and happy to share my story today with you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Definitely. That's amazing. And I love that you just put a little bow on that because we like to think that the mission of the podcast is to connect, learn, and be empowered to go drive our own impact. So incredible leaders like you, and you started to toss up this empowerment to our audience. Is there one question that you'd like to ask for our heart and hard worker community of listeners for them to reflect and share? Um, one question that I would like, I think how, how many times does somebody have to tell you no before you accept it? And I think when you reflect on that, it's going like, just think about in the past, like, oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. Okay. Or, you know, oh, well, no, my cousin didn't, didn't do well with that. Oh, okay. It must not be like, mm -hmm. I want you to really think about how many times it takes someone else to tell you no, for you to kind of like stop inquiring or stop going after something. Uh, because I truly believe that there's a will, when there's a will, there's a way as an engineer, we learn investigation techniques. One of them is called five Y, right? And mm -hmm. so if somebody tells me no, I'm like, well, why? 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 Start and then I'm like, start pulling at out the, the fingers. Of, <laughs> at the end of the five, I'm like, okay, well, maybe we've actually hit our wall. Um, because like the the method in engineering why is five is like a good, you pretty much right. got but to if they get stuck on why number two or why number three, you're like, well, we're going for this team. <laughs> yeah. So so I wanna Beautiful. I wanna encourage you to to kind of challenge uh those no's and find opportunities. Uh, but yeah, find a number and, and like you know, get a standard operating procedure about pushing back and, and going after. I like that. You're making it empirical and not just a feeling because if we trust our feelings, sometimes they can lead us down the wrong route. But yeah. Malia, wonderful to get to reflect with you, your learnings, your insights, your passion, and the conviction that you delivered, th these stories and these reflections for us. When a door closes, open a window, the closed mouth doesn't get fed, and there is no failure, only lessons if you choose to learn and keep taking the next step. You've been uh, an awesome, awesome guest, and it's been an honor to host you on this episode of Heart and Hard Work and highlighting you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn, Malia Lim, and uh, follow me on um, SavvyLeader.com, I guess. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> I'm on we'll share the links to connect. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.